Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you're experiencing extreme psychological distress. Welcome to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adults ADD, ADHD, natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast. Upwards and onwards, my friends. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, an audio guide to the transformational book on transforming adult ADD, ADHD by Michael Joseph Ferguson. To those new to our podcast, welcome. Welcome to our hunter type community. Uh, We get together every week. At least we try to. Shouldn't say every week. We, We attempt getting together Uh, every week um, on this podcast to guide you through what was originally in the first year of this podcast, guide you through the book by Michael, who joins me every week. And uh, in 2016, we've moved on since we've now covered every chapter of the book. Certainly highly encourage you, if you are new to our podcast, the the episodes are free. They're out there for the taking. Please go back and visit um, us walking you through um, in an audio way, uh, kind of going through and being able to delve more into detail uh, of the chapters. Um, So hopefully you have the book and you have the podcast and you have both. And if you're new, go on back, uh, go on back to the beginning. Uh, We, nothing is behind a paywall or anything like that. Uh, So you can go back to the very start and, and catch up to us. If you don't have that kind of time quite yet, 
it's okay. There's This is not a sequel. It's not a prequel. There's nothing to catch up on in that sense because now what we've done in 2016 is um, move on. We're now able to cover topics that come up from you in the audience, um, being able to delve deeper into things that you want to hear about, your experiences. We've had some great, wonderful special guests on lately. Um, if you didn't catch the Arthur Lee Land interview last week, please do. Go go back on that one. That one's going to be legendary for a while, and we'll have Arthur back as well, musician and hunter type. Let me get right into it. Today we are covering a topic that Michael brought up um, thanks to some feedback out there and also obviously as always being transparent our own hunter type experiences on this path of transformation and that topic is the meltdown and it is what you think it is it is something we've all run into hunter type or not but this experience of being a hunter type and having a meltdown um, is, is is different as a hunter type so that's what we're here today to discuss for me personally um, uh, I don't know if it's uh, sad to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a veteran of this uh, journey, of this meltdown perspective. Um, definitely been through it. I've been through it in different... Um, um, uh, what's a good word? I've been through this in different intensities, uh, and it's been a little bit different each time. Always come out of it better. Um, but now that... You know, we have tools such as the Drummer and the Great Mountain. Um, you have more tools, and it's exactly that, to get through it and come out better for it. Um, so let's get right into it. First of all, as always, good morning, Michael. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Let's let's get into this, because I think it, it's so intriguing to just put the word meltdown out, out there. And, and for new newer hunter types, maybe uh, they haven't realized what, what this is. So... Give us your perspective as you've described it also in the book too. What What is it? What does a meltdown for a hunter type look like? What does it feel like? Yeah. So <laughs> this is something that, you know, it comes up in coaching. It comes up and it's definitely mentioned in the navigating emotions chapter in the book. Um, yeah, it's different for everyone. And it, it's different often based on personality type. Um, so what it looks like uh, for some people, it's like rage and explosion on someone else. Or just rage and explosion on the wall or <laughs> the car, <laughs> whatever that is. So just some kind of like outward <clears throat> hit the edge. And either then you're apologizing later or, you know, you're ashamed or whatever that looks like. And so that's for a certain personality type. Other people, <clears throat> it's uh, a contraction. It's like a meltdown. It's crying or it's, it's going through and um, just kind of curling up in a ball or just having to just get away from a situation even though it doesn't feel um uh socially appropriate you just have to just get out and just you know get by yourself or seclude or and so it primarily it's the the key factor is it's a loss of awareness and self-control like you're you're out of control in that moment you're no longer able to uh, your whatever is going on internally is taken over, and so the, and again that that really depends on like and, and for a lot of us we have both the explosion and the contraction. I'd say I'm probably on the more end of the contraction, pulling away, mm -hmm. needing to just kind of, uh, but then definitely have had explosions, no doubt, and uh, it, it also depends on if you're in a relationship or not. That's often a big trigger. Um, so those are the so what, and again, each person, when I do coaching, when I say meltdown, they get it. So yeah. for each person, 
you know what that looks like and um it's there, there's varying degrees of it but i would say just to give a perspective there's a point where you, most hunter types go through meltdowns even no matter how well your life is situated some kind of meltdown is something that happens you know it's it's not something that we um that's foreign to us, even on the best of days. It's gonna, but it looks different. It's softer. It looks it, as you transition, but it's something to be aware of. Um, you so know, what, what is you your, know, what's your sense of that? Have you? What, you know, it's funny you say that because, because as you were describing it, and and you know, I brought you in, kind of not necessarily knowing where you were going to go with this topic today, in the sense that, but I kind of gave it a pre pre uh, a preview because I said that the experience is different for for hunter types and I said I've been through but that's the way you framed it which is a lot of what you write about in the book a lot of what we talk about in the podcast um, the framing is what's key and that's I think what helps people connect so let me share my experience I'm at, I'm, I'm exactly like you I feel like if I were to look back I've had more of the overwhelm and and contraction and I think this is where it gets interesting um, for for some hunter types, even in the hunter type community, we have different types of hunter type. You know, not all hunter types, just because we are a hunter type means we are the same. If you're the type of hunter type that me, that's normally, SAT word coming up, I'm going to roll the dice, gregarious, outgoing. Um, you're, you're very sociable. You're very much... Um, uh, almost, uh, you, you know, you get a buzz from being social, from being with other people. Maybe you have a, you know, you have a sense of humor like me and you like to make impressions and you're just like into that whole social thing. And we have hunter types that are just not naturally like that. And yet they're hunter types. I happen to be one of those that is. I know I'm nearing <laughs> meltdown terror. My alert is when I'm the opposite of my personality. And it's and it's interesting you say the contraction. That brought up that's a very powerful word for me because I I, I didn't realize it before that that's kind of my sign, especially as I've been on the transformational path more and more. I think we've talked about this before, where your um your threshold for, for your warning signs get more um they get more adept, right? Uh, something we talked about. And so when I start to notice the beginnings of a contraction, and for me that contraction is social. No, I, I don't feel like hanging out with them. No, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to do that tonight. And you're right, in relationships, um, in a lot of ways, things are, are kind of exposed more. And so if my wife is like, uh, what's going on? That's not like you to not want to go hang out with whoever or go to this event or what it may be. That's kind of a sign for me to go evaluate what actually is going on. So, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. That's really good. And, you know, you bring up a good point, which is that everyone is like the personality type for a hunter type is all over the map. I know extreme introverts, extreme extroverts. I'm definitely very introverted. So that I, I know, you know, so I'd say, you know, everyone's different in how in personality type definitely can define the meltdown. It's, it's how it's expressed. And so that's something to keep in mind. And so I guess the, the next question is, well, why does it happen mm -hmm. and when does it happen? Yeah. And this is something that definitely have put many, many, many hours of study into both of myself and watching other people go through theirs. And, uh, and we've talked about this. Uh, the, the key pieces are, and I can say this definitively at this point, lack of exercise, poor diet. So there's a brain chemistry piece going on. Um, and basically, or 
you've as we've talked about in the past about dopamine, feel free to go back and go to the brain chemistry episode. We talk about that. There, what defines us as hunter types is this lack of dopamine receptors in our brain. That's like the core of it. And so if you think of dopamine as like you have a certain amount and like when you take something like caffeine or stimulant, you're squeezing out the sponge. Well, then that sponge is wrung dry and you've not replenished through healthy diet and exercise. Then what happens is you're way more susceptible to a meltdown. And so the, and so tied in with that is also stress. So all of these things then start lots of overwhelm, a lot of things coming at you and lack of downtime. That's a key piece. And, and sometimes it's like not feeling well. You're just like, oh, you know, you've gotten to a place where you just, you don't feel well. And then those, because then that usually affects, are you exercising? Are you taking care of yourself? And your ability to then regulate your reaction to things becomes challenged. And so that's a big piece of it. Um, and then so the other piece is just a buildup of unmet needs. Like so if you've gone from like one experience to another to another, maybe you had something at work where you didn't feel your need for respect was met or you don't have a need, you haven't had a need for, you know, relaxation or sleep. When those build up, that's also a key time when a, a meltdown can happen. Uh, or there's a again kind of going back to the low dopamine piece. If you're if you have an unconscious need for stimulation, so when you from my experience when I when you're you're low in the dopamine cycle, you don't have a lot of it. You've been, you've been burning on you know caffeine or whatever, and then there's that need for the release, that unconscious need for stimulation, and I see that this can come up in relationships. Then you create the blow up just to get that hit and it's unconscious. You're not doing it consciously, but that piece um, I've witnessed both in myself and with other people doing coaching work. I think that is a key piece to, to watch for is that if you see that you're on the low end of your cycle and then all of a sudden like there's this blow up and like, well, why did that happen? And like check yourself and go, did I create this? That's was, huge. What was, what was the unconscious need for stimulation that may have been there? I, I have to say, Wow, that is that's hitting home not just personally. I see it in my family, my extended family. But I it's funny, you would think after these many years of just being friends and then getting involved in this project together, it's so funny how things you say sometimes when we're on the podcast, I feel like I've never heard it like that before and I'm being honest. I never thought about it like that and and as far as this unconscious, let me focus on what it is that that moved me there this unconscious need for stimulation and how it presents itself. Because we've talked about the unconscious need for stimulation being released to the dopamine levels, yes. But it's almost like you're, you, you sabotage a situation, right, unconsciously to get that, that release, which is what you're talking about, that stimulation. And, you know, what came across to me when you were describing that is have you ever been in a relationship or of any kind, wife, uh, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, or even a family member, and then after the episode is over, the words come out of you, the hunter type, the, have the words come out of your mouth, I don't know what came over me. Mm -hmm. I think 
I think if you even feel that and without saying it, that may be one of your warning signs that you're entering the stage or maybe you're already there and didn't realize that you're in meltdown territory. If you don't think about those words, I mean, we're getting into some some more um, of the, you know, of the um, of the spiritual talk that that for, for, and we brought up names like Dr. Dyer before Eckhart Tolle. I mean, there is a pain body there that that needs that needs that thing. And for a hunter type, that that pain body presents itself as I need stimulation. Uh, I can't go, you know, do my gig. If you're a musician, you know what I mean. I don't have a gig right now. My gig is not for a month. Uh, and then you're and then so the it's almost a defense mechanism goes, well, I got to start something. Uh, and it may not even be with a relationship. I mean, don't we see this sometimes, Michael, with people? I mean, isn't this a, not a lot? I, I but. Can, I can imagine that maybe this is where road rage comes from for some folks. Sure. Maybe this is why you Absolutely. hear of, of random people just like in social situations, just kind of starting something. And then when the witnesses say, ah, it started over nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And I think, you know, writing this book and going through and doing this work has really shined some light into, you know, we live in a society that's highly caffeinated. Uh, just, just to begin with, let's just start there. And so if you can, you just come back to that <clears throat> wringing out the sponge, um, there at some point, if you're wired the way we're wired, you, you have that need to like, you know, stimulate so to like, kind of get that dopamine release into the neocortex, into the, the places so you can, and, and it's unconscious. It's not there. It's not something you're like, I'm going to do this and therefore – but when you start to watch it, you go, oh, wait a minute. Uh, and so it will be – I think as we go into how to prevent, we'll actually get some, get into some of the meat of it. And I think that that's a key piece to seeing when you go, oh, OK, I'm having less meltdowns now because X, Y, and Z. And that's where, again, we'll talk about tracking, like tracking your days, seeing when you have these meltdowns and seeing what then can start to prevent those. Do you think that um, – do you think if – there's a hunter type out there listening and reading the book. Do you think that one of the ways if they feel like they're often in meltdown territory, whether it's you know short-lived meltdowns and then yeah. it's over or they're like – because when you say meltdown, I also kind of picture that a meltdown can be – a period of time, like a few weeks, maybe for some people, a couple months. I mean, I guess we're getting into almost depression type territory, but still, let's, let's keep it at, at the meltdown. Do you think in a media, I mean, we know the exercise thing, but, but let's say yeah. someone's building that up. Do you think an immediate, uh, 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 solution to at least experiment to see if it helps the short term meltdown episodes is if someone is a, and I'm just going to use it as an example. I know you say caffeine is a general term, if someone yeah. is a coffee drinker, hint, hint, nudge, nudge me, someone yeah. that can't, couldn't, uh, I'm on the transformational path with that too, couldn't literally get out of bed, go to work, put on clothes without it. Right. Do you think if, do you think there's almost a cold turkey thing with coffee? Do you think someone would notice a difference if they said, okay, I'm going to challenge myself to instead of five cups, let me just drop it to two and see what happens. Do you think that's like an exercise someone could do? Yeah, no. I mean, here's the tricky part, okay. and, and this is this is where it gets into okay. Well, two points I want to cover. So one thing is a meltdown specifically in this context is short term, okay. uh, minutes to maybe an hour. 
So I want to really define it so okay. that it's clear versus a depression because people don't just maintain anger continuously day in and day out. Your, your adrenals would be blown out. So very few people – I don't think I've ever met a person that has that. So we're talking about spurts. You know, marks on the graph that you'd like, okay, that was a meltdown. And then maybe the the ramifications of that may last in a couple of days where you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed or I'm overwhelmed, but it's not at that level of intensity. So I wanted to find that. The second piece is the tricky part about hunter types is most of us in some way or shape or form take a stimulant, mostly caffeine. So that like that's there. And then, or ADD drugs, right? Because they're often function in, in a similar way. They're stimulating dopamine in the brain. So just removing caffeine is good. Moving towards other, you know, I still drink yerba mate. So mm -hmm. that's got some caffeine in it. So understanding the mechanics of like, what is it doing in your body? Uh, my sense would be if you are making the decision to move away from caffeine, I spent years and years without caffeine, then you have to supplement with a certain amount of exercise because ah. that's that's really the only thing that I've seen that really can give you the same level like in specifically cardio the same level of mental clarity that you would get from the stimulant because the stimulant is working it's doing its job that's why you take it it ah. wakes you up in the morning gives you the ability to focus so that's what that's doing whether it's an ADD drug or if it's um, caffeine so so one suggestion would be maybe moving away from coffee, moving towards something like yerba mate or green tea. Um, you, it's a little less on stress on the body. Little, it's giving you a little more certain nutrients that are helpful to you. But at the same time, it's still caffeine. It's still going to have those effects. So I think it's more about the subtle shifts in like upping your, your exercise routine uh, and then easing back on the caffeine. See if you can pull away a little bit and then see where that's at. So but it's about balancing out. So, so it's about if you're, if you, if you see that you're, because we might have hunter types out there that, that don't rely on caffeine. It's, it's totally possible. Right. But if you find yourself being a coffee drinker, steady coffee drinker, maybe you're right. As always, the balance is about, um, if you're going to go on a plan of cutting down, maybe not cutting out, but cutting down, you have to make up for it with something else. So if That's you're going to run that experiment, cut down, but say, okay, but I'm upping my cardio. Okay, but I'm going to go for a walk. Okay, but I'm going to come up with something so that then you don't actually feel like it's you're depriving yourself. Exactly. And so let's go into this. So let's have a, so we go into like how to prevent the yep. meltdown. So let's mm -hmm. just dig into it. So sure. specifically, again, this is why I, just to continue on this point then – which you what's most important is to understand what's going on in in your brain. If you if you're not eating foods, especially healthy proteins that are giving you L-tyrosine specifically that then converts into dopamine, then you're ringing your you're, you're just stimulating the dopamine release and you're not replenishing your brain with what it needs to to find that balance and you're not exercising. So the the key is understanding it. So if you have a poor diet, your your brain chemistry is challenged and that's going to eventually equal lack of self-control. And this is not and again, like my suggestion is don't take my word for this test it out, do some tracking, see the results yourself. So I, I, I'm basing this on all the different life coaching clients that I've had and my own life. You need to then prove that to yourself. So the lack of self-control then can be more evident, you know, like we said, in relationships, if there's kids, you know, those things will then exasperate that. And so it's more important then to have a healthy diet 
and exercise routine. And we say it over and over and over again, every single podcast, but, I'm, but we're saying it because it works. This is, this is how you support uh, healthy brain chemistry uh, and ability to adapt to life situations without getting into these places of meltdown. It's not the only piece, but it's, it's, one of, it's the core piece. It's at the very bottom. It's affecting your brain chemistry itself, and understanding that is very important. And we've talked uh, about this before too, Michael, which is you know, what we're talking about here is, 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 is maybe phases of, of just living and life and, and now being a hunter type. In other words, you may actually be good for a long time. You're, you're exercising. You're on a nice, um, high protein, low carb diet, and things are going well. But then you run into a situation, and and I'm absolutely speaking personally. Um, you know, starting in November of 2015, between November and literally three weeks ago, my life situation, due to some family urgencies and family health situations, completely threw me off my routine. And here I was that I had built up this routine for. God knows how long I had, I had, and I was used to it, and I loved it, and I was on the on the path of like a hunter type had, that had things under control. But life happens, you know, stuff happens, and then you find yourself out of routine and slowly, and then you turn around like I did. I literally woke up. I'm like, I cannot believe it's February. I turn, I wo- it's like I woke up and it was February, and. I had not exercised in two months just because I had been in the hospital a lot for 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 a family member, and then I um, was really, really, really sick. Like two flus, back to back, antibiotics, couldn't exercise, didn't feel like it, barely could get up for work. You turn around and it's eight weeks you've been out of your routine, and for a hunter type, that's a lifetime. That is, yeah. and I'm speaking yeah. personally here, that is a lifetime to be away from your routine. Look, those mini, those meltdown episodes absolutely increase. If I had it on a graph, if I charted it somehow, if I was tracking it somehow, uh, you know, you would see that it absolutely, those little meltdowns, and I'm talking about the contract, now for me, I'm talking about the contraction ones. I turn around, I'm like, wow, I like said no to this event and I said no to that event, you know, and I didn't want to hang out with this person who I normally do. Why? What's going on? I'm out of routine and the meltdown phase is kind of kicking into gear kicked back things into in in February late mid to late February here we are in early March I'm already noticing a difference already noticing kind of getting back back to it so that's the only I guess what was my only input is that this doesn't have to be a consistent thing because life is up and down and being a hunter type is up and down you're gonna fall off the horse and get back on just that this meltdown is a great um, sign it's a great thing to have awareness of to let you know where you are that's it. it. That's very well put. Like the meltdowns there. If you're finding yourself melting down regularly, it's a good time to assess. It's a good time to like take track, take stock of, okay, what am I not doing? Uh, so, okay. So moving on then. So scheduling downtime in your weekly calendar. This is so important for hunter types. We can just go and go and go and go, or as is the case, get wrapped up in things where we feel we have to do it for work or we have to do it for a family and we don't take any downtime. That is a, gr- that is key ingredient for creating a meltdown. So, and we talk, this is in, all in the book and you can go back to some of our podcasts on navigating emotions. Uh, know what brings you relaxation and reset. Become aware of, what is is it is it like a warm bath at night before you go to bed is it something like um 
is it just sitting down and watching a movie at night and just relaxing? Like, it, it, it don't judge it is unless it's something that's actually really counterproductive and it's taking you down. Like, identify those things that after you've done them, you're like, oh, okay, I feel better. I can think clearly. The long term effects are good. Like, start to make note of what those are. And, and exercise is one thing, but then just downtime and just or just taking a nap, like ideally in the middle of like afternoon, if your schedule allows for it, like short nap or sitting down and just watching something funny on TV or whatever it is, identify it and start to put it into your schedule weekly. So, you know, like those things that are going to calm you down, relax you could be like going to restorative yoga big thumbs up on restorative. If you don't do yoga, you think you have to put your leg behind your head and all this. <laughs> restorative yoga is so easy and nurturing and it calms you down and it's body oriented. It's physically nourishing. It's simple, something that, so those times of things. And again, lots of examples in the book, the next piece, as we were just talking about, I'm if I could, Michael, sorry, yes. just on that down, downtime thing, the only note I wanted to make, this is something I just went through and as friends, we were just talking about it offline, you know, scheduling downtime doesn't necessarily mean, oh, let me look at the calendar, see where there's room and schedule. It might mean, ladies and gentlemen of the hunter type community, this is definitely an editorial opinion. And Michael, you can, you can obviously as always tell me if I'm going the right direction here. You can definitely see something that's already there, but then maybe for a month or maybe for three weeks or maybe just that week is something you can say no to. Um, you know, you've got that, that, that weekly volunteer thing that you do and, you know, you've done it for a while and they rely on you. You can say no one week. If, if what that means is that because of other situations, you're in meltdown territory as a hunter type, remember Think long term here. Saying no yeah. to something you've already planned. And then the other thing to be careful about is taking on new stuff. Remember that scheduling yeah. downtime means something may come your way. For me, um, both with music, my music professional life and my um, my my technological professional life, being a computer programmer, you know, something came my way last month that I really felt like I should take. I should take this contract. It's a good, good gig. It'll be good money for the family, and I, and I could tell I've, I've, I've worked on myself because, in a way, I, although I struggled, I said no. I finally said no, but immediately I thought to say yes, and I was about to say yes to the project, but I was like, no, I haven't exercised. I'm out of my swimming routine. Swimming for me is my cardio. Uh, I haven't been eating well. I've been on an unfortunate potato chip kick, an addiction, terrible addiction that came back. I'm off it now. I'm cold turkey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I said no. And you know what? It, I couldn't believe it. You, you couldn't have told me before. It felt good to say no. It's okay to say no. And yes. by doing that, you might not think of it um, in sports terms. You may not think of it as like having scored points, but by preventing the other team from scoring, you did in a way score points. So... That's that's, right. that's how I see it. I just wanted to put that out there. Remember that it's scheduling downtime in summary. I've been blabbering a lot today is not just putting something in your calendar. Say I'm going to go to restorative yoga. It's about yeah. I'm going to take something away that I don't necessarily have to do to go to restorative yoga. That's great. That's perfect. And if you can, I mean, ideally every day having something in, in your on your calendar. And again, as we've mentioned before, put it on your calendar, put a reminder on your phone. 
schedule it every day. If you have a calendar on your phone, just schedule it, put, put a recurring event, tell it to give you a pop-up reminder on your phone or an email so that you know to, to do that for yourself. And if you're hearing this now and you're like, oh, I got to do this, then like as soon as you're done listening, get your phone out and make the note to yourself. And that's the, that's the step. It's like carrying that bucket from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, you, you know, get the thought, get it down on paper or set up a reminder for yourself. Or, Hey, you know, we're not live. Put us on pause, put us on pause yes. and go do it right now and put it in the calendar. Yeah. That's it. And so, and then the next piece would be coaching. Like if you can, if you can find a good life coach or you can go through the, the peer to peer coaching that I mapped out in the book. And it's also, if you look back on our, on our podcast, you'll, there's a whole uh, session on a whole podcast on the life coaching system that you can set up with another person. Uh, that brings, uh, in fact, Faman made a note here to, to mention. So the way I see life coaching is it's a, um, it, it compartmentalizes your life because you're actually going through with another person and discussing your life. It gives you, it keeps things from turning into a blur where everything, one thing blurs into the next, into the next, into the next. When you do a regular coaching session, it starts to segment out your life a little bit. You can look at it, zoom out a little bit and actually go, oh, this is where my life is going. I need to change this and change this and change this. But when you're in it 100% of the time, you don't have any chance to like get perspective on it. So coaching and can really, really help meltdowns. That's it's very, very helpful in terms of, especially regular weekly or biweekly or even monthly can be extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. um, attached to that is tracking. This is so important. It's again, if you have the book, go through that. It's in the health. Uh, it's chapter nine, diet, uh, exercise, diet, and supplements chapter. There's a chart that I put in there on how to do a, a daily coaching or daily tracking, so you can track your mood, your energy levels, what you ate, did you exercise, and if you do that regularly. Uh, on a, even just like a daily basis or every other day, you just go through and you track that. You'll start to see, oh, here's when I had the meltdown. And you look at your notes for that day and go, okay, well, this happened and this happened and I didn't eat well this day. Or, and you can start to see yourself like, oh, like if I'm not exercising and I'm not eating a good diet and then look at all these things that happened. Look at how many times I melted down. And then the days that I did exercise, the meltdowns went down. I was more focused. I was more productive. I predict that's what you'll see. And that's usually what I see with coaching clients when they start to do tracking. And this will, we will revisit tracking here in the next few weeks because I think that's a really important topic to explore. Uh, the other piece in terms of emotional regulation, again, going to the navigating emotions chapter in the book and the podcast that we did on it, Regular journaling helps you connect to your unmet needs and create strategies to meet them. So meltdowns can be just chronic unmet needs for, for relaxation or things like respect. You haven't spoken to someone and you're burning on something and it's just building up and building up and building up and then tie that to not exercising it. Like your self-control goes down and then you have your blow up, whatever that is. So journaling can really be helpful in terms of just connecting you with yourself <clears throat> so that you can get clear about here's the things that are going on inside me. You stop that train of just obsessive thoughts that are going on whatever the unmet need is. Uh, angry at this person, beating yourself up, <clears throat> which is often the case. It's usually one or the other. And you can start to extract from that. Okay, wait, why am I feeling this? Like what's going on underneath this? 
And stopping the train just for a second through journaling really gives you – that's very – it gives you a lot of self-empowerment. And journaling too, journaling builds – the more you do it, it, you know, there – uh, in the psychology world, the word is insight. There, you know, there's yeah. there are those of us that have good insight uh, into ourselves, and there are those of us that don't. And and there's no judgment there. However, if you're one of those that doesn't, journaling is going to help build this exercise. It's going to help uh, form this muscle. Um, you know, remember that journaling. You're not you're not talking to anyone else. There's nothing to be shy about. It's you and whatever you're typing in. Or yeah. if you're never thought I'd say if you're old school and you want to use a pen and paper, uh, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it may be, um, this is going to build that muscle of insight. OK, so there's a background here. Not only is it helping you release so you can kind of get out of this meltdown mode, it is helping you build journaling, helps you build this muscle of insight. And the more insight you have to yourself, uh, trust me, you're better off. That's it. Uh, so journaling, and again, we've covered that in podcasts. We will cover it. I'm sure we'll revisit that again, but go back and listen to the Navigating Emotions. I think we did a few podcasts on that. We covered that a bit, and it's definitely in the book in detail. Um, the other thing is if you're at an edge, um, especially with things that you're working, it's like it's more than just, okay, I'm overwhelmed with work and I've got a lot going on, which is enough, or relationship. Um, call a friend and just say, hey, or a family member, if someone someone you can talk to, just request listening. So many people forget to do this. Like you're in, you're just spinning on it. You think you got to work it all out yourself. Just you can also just call someone and say, look, please, or just plan to meet with somebody and say, look, I just need someone to just listen for a few minutes and just vomit out whatever is going on in your life. And just having listening is really helpful, especially for hunter types, I think, because we can see it. Once we start talking about it and getting it out of our head, and again, the same thing with journaling, you can look at it and get perspective on it and go, oh, okay, wait, that's actually not as big of a deal as I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and maybe I just need to do X, Y, and Z for it. And again, this is something that can be helpful in terms of a coaching session because you would cover that as well. So you get the listening from a good coaching session. But if it's just like you're at – especially if you're at an edge – and you're like, oh, I just don't know what to do, or I'm just overwhelmed, or you're just spinning on something, just get into the habit of you, you have other human beings around you. And surprisingly, some of those human beings can be very helpful when you give <laughs> them clear direction. And so it's important to, to not say, give me advice. It's important Exa- to say, oh, I, I really would, would you be willing to, this is a great way to express it, would you be willing to listen to me for five minutes as I just share what's going on with me without interruption? And I've mentioned and it, this before. Know your audience. If you yes. know there are family members that just cannot, it is not in them, you love them, but it is not in who they are to for you to open up without them judging or giving advice. Do not turn to these people because this is not yeah. going to help you in, in what you're That's dealing right. with. Turn to the... The cousin that you haven't spoken to in a few years, but man, whenever you called him or her, literally all you remember is just like you. you I, 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 for terms of a better, I love the way you put it. You know, you vomit all this stuff out, and that person just listens, and you realize like six minutes has gone by. That person yeah. hasn't even said anything. 
And these are the people. So just know your audience. Have these people. Hey, write them down on a list. Put them down in your journal. These are my go-to people. These are my not go-to people. So that's it. You know, I'm speaking speaking from personal experience, but I think it's important because I know there's others that have people like that in their life like me that you love them, but they're just not so good at just listening. They have to say something. Yeah. And you know what? And a good point. That's such a good point. And another point is if you're hearing that and go, you know, I don't have anyone in my life that's like that, then make that a priority. Like you can have that. That is that is something that every human being deserves and should have. And if you do not, if that is not in your life, then set it as a goal to create friendships that are like that. And that that is you know, those are invaluable. So, and some of it is like you feeling you're worthy to do it. Also assessing like who are the people you're hanging out with or can you maybe you know explore a little bit outside your comfort zone maybe make sure you're meeting other people you're connecting like do what you but starts with that intention if like if you don't have if you're hearing this and you're like i don't have that person that's a goal that's a really important goal to have and having those kinds of people in your life can really be the difference between you going in a direction that's really fulfilling and empowering or being surrounded by criticism and um, all the things that that you may have been born into but you don't have to then continue that pattern throughout your whole life but it starts with you intending making the decision I'm now going to create these kind of people in my life yeah I mean um Boy, you know, sometimes the topics on this podcast are so deep and and 40 minutes just flies by. But the points we've made today are really important for whether you're, um, you know, whether you're, like we said, at the start um, of of the of the transformational path, whether you're in the middle, whether you feel like you're at the end. Uh, I say that. Uh, s- somewhat sarcastically because I can I can tell you from experience there there is no end but that's the beauty of it that's the work as Michael has said before that's the work is in falling off the horse and getting back on in wrapping up before I before we officially wrap up you know we've talked about the meltdown we've talked about all these topics remember that you've got to you've got to take the ego out especially at these points there is no shame in saying something is bigger than me this thing I'm going through is bigger than me. You are not alone. Just look at the hunter type community. If you're on our Facebook, if you've t- tuned into this show, if you've heard the guests we have on, you are not alone. Take that as the fuel to put the ego away and say, I need help. And especially if it's at a level that you know is 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 not good, it's absolutely not healthy for you or for anyone around you, recognize the need for support, recognize that it's bigger than you, support groups are out there. Again, support group can just be people you're talking to or find an actual support group that just during this phase lets you get out what you need to get out. Use the tools, use the journaling that we've talked about, use all this stuff that we've talked about both in the book and in today's show and put it all together and you'll get through it. You know, a good friend, another good friend who shared another good quote with me a long time ago, she's a dear friend of 15 years, fellow musician, singer, she's got her own family now just like I do and we've watched each other in the last 15 years of, of a dear friendship go through uh, a lot. We've both gone through a lot personally. We've we've been been there, and uh, it's not even her quote, but I've heard it from her. Who knows? It, it could originate from Oprah, as far as I know, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
She she said to me at one point when I was going through something really tough, from the biggest breakdowns come the biggest breakthroughs. That's and, it. And you may have yeah. heard you may have heard this in other ways, but hang on That's to that true. one if you haven't heard that one. From the biggest breakdowns come the biggest breakthroughs. So as you're going through it, it's a paradigm. It's a it's a it's a weird paradigm matrixy type thing. Like you know, you're watching yourself go through this. Use the tools and know you're going to get through it, and you're going to be better for it. That's, that's, that's it. just my two cents. That's it. You know, and I just want to just highlight that one last piece that you just said. Um, anger management groups, if you feel, find that you are at the level where you're raging and you're causing harm to other people and you're like, I have, I'm, I'm in shame about this. Like getting support, like they're out there. Like anger management groups, you can be around other people that have the exact same challenge and hundred type or not it's like having a little bit of an outlet to just go okay i need to shift this pattern and i'm i I really don't have control over at this point make the decision just do it go find a group sit down and just just make it a goal to go to one and just go okay i'm just gonna check this out and oftentimes what you find is like okay like you know what this is a huge issue but i've got support now and it makes and there's no shame. It's like the most successful people in the world. Often, when you have a lot of juice, like hunter types, you when you're fired up and you got a lot of energy, oftentimes that can go into anger and rage. And those are places where you just need to then have a little support to soften that and get a little listening and make some sh- shifts in in the patterning. Absolutely, absolutely. This is uh, this is amazing. What a way for us. Uh, we said before the Arthur Lee Land show last week, we were off for a few weeks for, hey, we even recognized, actually, I'm glad I brought that up. We yeah. together recognized we need some downtime. So we scheduled yeah. that in. We knew we were going to take some time off from this podcast. And, you know, we, I can tell we're already the better for it with some amazing last couple of shows. Michael, Absolutely. thank you. Thank you for this topic today. Really, really helpful one. And um, anything in closing for you? Nope. I just want to say uh, thanks for all the uh, messages on Facebook and emails and, and really appreciate it. And it, just one note, if you message or email, and it, it often takes me about a week to get back because there's just so much coming through these days. There's so many messages, and it's been, which is wonderful. But if I don't get back to you right away, please know that it's just um, – it usually takes me about a week to get back to course. It's, it's Michael's – Tibetan practice of patience for you. Think of it, think of it as that, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Uh, remember, drummerandthegreatmountain.com. Spread the word. Let's grow this hunter-type community. As Arthur said last week, our musician guest, who was so excited to find us and know that others exist. Remember, you are not alone. Uh, remember that we're a small press. Help spread the word. We, as Michael said, we love the messages. We love the feedback you're giving us from Facebook or emailing Michael directly. Reviews are really helpful, guys. The ones for those who have given reviews, thank you. If you haven't yet, please take literally 30 seconds. Hop on iTunes. Give this podcast a review. Uh, Hop on Goodreads and give the book a review. Um, Some of you have said, how can we get the word out? Get the word out to your uh, institutions of social workers, progressive psychologists. Uh, We have upcoming seminars. We have some really exciting online opportunities coming up as well. We'll get into those when we we get nearer to to it being finalized. Um, We want to hear your stories. Share with us your stories, and we never share any personal information. We just use it as fuel uh, for this podcast. It's what drives us. It's what keeps us going. And uh, as always, we say on the Drummer on the Great Mountain podcast, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well. <laughs>